Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Mornings with Ron. So glad to have you with us again. I hope that all of you are staying safe and well out there. And I hope that you've been enjoying this series that we've been doing on passion. You know, there's nothing that I like more than people who are passionate about what they do. Being able to talk to some of these people and get some uh, their background and some of the things they do that they're passionate about is certainly an exciting thing for me and hopefully an exciting thing for you as you're out there listening to these podcasts each week. I also wanted to mention that my book that I've been working on for some time has now finally landed. Um, Mornings with Ron is now available on Amazon. You can get the paperback version or the Kindle version. So go out and take a look. I think there's a little preview tab there so you could uh, read a little piece of the book uh, before you purchase it. But um, it's there and ready for you. So uh, and feel free to give me some uh, feedback um, when you read it on what you think about the book. All right. So this week we have a very special guest who, um, in my eyes, is Wonder Woman because some of the things that she's done is actually things that I wouldn't even consider uh, attempting. And I remember back when I ran a 5K race and I thought I was going to die. And when you hear some of the things that she did, I think you're going to be really surprised and astounded as I am every day when I hear her stories. So I'd like to welcome to this week's podcast, Kathy Driver. So Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Kathy, before we start into what you do, tell us a little bit about what you do in your normal life. Yes, my day job is I'm the executive director of the Housing Finance Authority of Pinellas County, and we help finance affordable housing for the residents of Pinellas County. So we help provide down payment and closing cost assistance for first-time home buyers, and then we also help fund the construction of multifamily apartments for affordable families and seniors. And I'm very passionate about that. It um, makes me feel good to know that folks have a safe, decent place to live that won't cost them an arm and a leg, and hopefully they can make their dollars stretch farther. That's awesome. And, you know, of course, the minute you say seniors, you know that then you're near and dear to my heart. And that's your that's your day job. But how about your Wonder Woman job? So tell us a little bit about the types of races that you're involved in. About four years ago, when I hit 50, I decided I wanted to lead a little bit more healthier lifestyle. I wasn't happy with how I looked, how I felt, and I knew I wanted to feel better, obviously wanted to lose weight like everybody always wants to do. And so I joined a gym and I got a personal trainer and I started very slow. I could hardly even walk on the treadmill for a mile. But over a period of about a year, he really got me into really good shape with my strength training and all. And so I thought, well, what is something else I can do? Well, I thought, Maybe I'll do triathlons, not knowing how much was involved in participating in a triathlon between all of the training and all of the equipment that you need. It can be kind of an expensive sport, but I did two years ago do my first sprint triathlon, and a sprint triathlon consists of a quarter-mile swim, a 12-mile bike, and then a 3.1-mile run one right after the other. And then you have like a little transition area. So that was my goal was to do my first sprint triathlon. And I was hooked after that. I met some really great people. I joined a really great team here that's associated with our local bike shop, Outspoken Bicycles. 
And I've just met the greatest people and they have just gotten me into more and more triathlons. And so I'm one of these people that I like to kind of challenge myself. I'll say, okay, well, I finished that one. What's the next one? The next one's the Olympic distance. And once I'd completed that, what's the next one? Well, I decided I would do a half Ironman. And so I set off training for that. And unfortunately, while I was training for my first half Ironman, I crashed on my bike and broke my arm and had to have surgery. So that set me back for a a little bit for about six months. But I was able to get back literally on my bike and continue training. And in September of last year, I completed my first half Ironman, which is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike and a 13.1 mile run. And if you would have asked me four years ago, I would have been like Ron thinking, I don't even know if I could run three miles. So the fact that my body can do this and how I feel after I complete this, you know, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm just so proud of myself and just what else can I do? What else, how else can I push myself, you know, to do something even bigger and better than what I've done before? I would bet that because, and, and I think you probably see this in a lot of competitive sports and sports like this, that when you surround yourself with passionate people, that's got to be like something that just motivates you, motivates you and pushes you to just do more and better, I would assume. Oh, absolutely. And I, everybody that I have met on my team and who I've met out training and in races, they're just the nicest people. And there's a lot of people who are much older than me that I really look up to. And I think, wow, look at them. They're out there doing this and, and they're out there doing these races. And it's just very inspiring. And, you know, I just, and, and all of these folks that now have become my friends, they help me get through some of the tough times in my life that I go through. And everybody's always there to lift you up. And, um, you know, that's what friends are for. And and they really personify teammates and and that's what it should be all about, right? Absolutely. No, it's not the kind of competition where you're hoping the other person does horribly or gets hurt or something like that. It's always, wow, look how great you did. And, oh, here, let me help you or I'll run with you or I'll bike with you. And, you know, we try to help each other get better and um, nobody has to train alone. And, you know, it's, it's just a really great camaraderie. I want to talk a little bit about the biking part of it, because I I know you're really passionate uh, about biking and you bike a lot actually up close to where I live. And I think that most people really see cycling as a, a recreation. How often do you actually get on a bike? I try to bike outside when we're not on a quarantine three or four times a week. There's two mornings a week where I bike with some of my friends. We leave at five o'clock in the morning and we bike down on Clearwater Beach and it's just beautiful. There's no traffic. The weather's always really nice. The lights look so pretty and just the fact that you're powering yourself and, and getting yourself out there, but you're in this fresh air and you've got beautiful scenery. It's just, there's nothing like it. And you get to go over bridges so you can push yourself a little bit on that. And, and then on the weekends, I try to do longer rides, which is why I end up, there's a really great trail up by where Ron lives called the Suncoast Trail. And it runs parallel to a toll road. And you can get on that and ride for 60 miles. You have to cross some streets every now and then, but it's a a paved trail that goes through three or four counties and 
kind of up towards the north, it's a little bit hillier, um, at least hilly for Florida. And so it's a great way for performance athletes to get out and train and um, they train in groups and you can meet people. We do, sometimes we make it fun and we cut through Starkey Park and go get coffee. And, you know, so it's, it's really a great time to push yourself and, and get faster and better and get some mileage, but also see some beautiful scenery. What's the furthest that you've ever ridden a bike? Last November, I got to participate in the Smart Ride, which is a ride to help benefit AIDS research. And I rode with a great group of friends that I had met on while I was out biking. And we rode 165 miles from Miami to Key West. And we did that over two days. So our first day was 100 miles, which they call a century. And then the second day was 65 miles. So that was my longest ride I've ever done. Um, And it was a lot of fun. And it was also a great way to raise money for a really good cause. Unbelievable. For those of us that are, you know, passionate about the things that we do, and it's certainly, I think it's passion that drives us. I think there's some times that we, where we get tired. And I just wonder, are there any moments where you just want to quit and, but you just seem to find the endurance to keep going or something to, uh, you know, pep you up to just make sure that you get to that goal that you're trying to get to? Yes, I think about people. My husband has cancer and he can't get out and do these things. And so a lot of times that's what motivates me to keep going is for folks who can't do what I'm able to do. And so if I can raise awareness or if I can help raise money or or anything, it just helps spur me on to keep going and dig deeper and and not give up because he's fighting a fight and he's not giving up. And so, you know, I look at it the same way that I'm in this fight now and I'm not going to give up as well. So I have a little motivational thing that I wrote on the inside of my baseball cap that I wear when I run, you know, to keep me going. So, and sometimes I'll write, a lot of athletes do it. They'll write stuff on their arms and and also that when they're riding a long time they can look down and it will remind them of what you know they're out there doing or you know the people that they love or the passion that they have and i keep uh little things about my grandmother like up on my shelves in my office and on the days when i get really really tired and i just don't have the energy to go on i have all i have to do is look over there sometimes and that's the thing that keeps me going so i know exactly what you mean I have a crazy question for you. You know, biking involves a lot of Lycra. Do you really need all of that? And does it really help like with the biking itself? You don't need to have Lycra, but if you wear the Lycra shorts, at least they make them now, they make um, special ones for biking that have extra padding in the bottoms because the, if you've ever seen a, a performance bike, the seats aren't very padded, so that helps with it. But the Lycra is really tight to your legs, and then you don't get any kind of chafing or anything like that. So the Lycra does help. And then, obviously, in the triathlons, you don't have time to change between each of the disciplines that you're doing, the swimming, the biking, and the running. So you, it is best to wear the Lycra. It's not very forgiving and you just have to get comfortable with how you look at the age that you are and the shape that you're in. And um, because you're going to be swimming, biking and running. And, you know, for my half Ironman, I spent eight hours in the same outfit. So you want it to be something very comfortable. Are there things like on the ride, like say a bike ride, for instance, that are like must haves that you wouldn't like not think about going on a ride without taking it with you? 
Well, I always have bike gloves, a helmet. A helmet is the first thing. There's a lot of people I see out there that think, oh, I'm on the trail. I don't need a helmet. Or, oh, I'm just in my neighborhood. I don't need a helmet. If I hadn't had a helmet on when I crashed my bike and broke my arm, I don't know where I would be right now because my helmet took a tremendous blow and it was broken and I had to have it replaced. But the helmet first and foremost and the nutrition, having a lot of drinks you know, available on my bike, because if you're out there biking for a long time, it's really hot and you don't realize how much, you know, fluids you're losing through sweat. So you need to replenish that while you're riding so that you don't faint or get sick. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the helmet and that's actually one of the things I wanted to ask about what, from a cyclist perspective, because I see people out there and whether it's on the development or on the trail or out on the road and they're riding bikes or even, even motorcycles for that matter. And I think in Florida, we, you're not required to wear a helmet if you're on a motorcycle or a bike. And I always wonder what cyclists thought about those people when they see them yeah. uh, without their helmets. It sounds like you have the same feelings that the rest of us do. I, I do. I, I, it makes me sad because it's something that is not very, you can get them very inexpensive and you can get very expensive ones. I think another thing that a lot of I see when folks are out riding, maybe in their neighborhoods or on the sidewalks or the streets is a lot of times folks won't have a headlight or a tail light, And those are very crucial so that cars can see you. If you're in a shadow, even though it's daylight, if you happen to go into a shadow under some trees and stuff, you can be pretty invisible to a, a motorist. And so, you know, anything you can do to make yourself visible, don't wear black, wear something that's a little bit more visible or reflective if you're going to be riding in the streets. Um, yeah, you know, just being smart about things like that. So it makes me sad when I see folks out there without helmets and especially if they have their kids with them and they don't have the helmets on or they're, they have a kid on the back and that kid has a helmet, but they don't, you know, it's just setting a good example and, um, just being very smart because it just takes one fall and, and it could be pretty devastating. Just a little common sense, right? Mm-hmm. Is there, if you looked anywhere in the world, do you have a dream route? that you would like to ride? I really want to ride in Ireland and Scotland. I think it would be so pretty with how green it is and the cliffs and the views. And I, I do want to ride some mountains, but I'm kind of chicken because <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty flat here. So, um, but there's some cool mountains here in the United States, even in Georgia that are really neat that I'd like to do. But um, I think my dream would be to go to Ireland or Scotland and, and do a bike tour over there been in the countryside of a couple of those places and um you certainly would have some magnificent scenery for a ride like that that's for sure yeah so you said that you also do the triathlons and i mean doing a triathlon talk about the need for passion i don't even know how someone would get through something like that how, how do you train for something like that you, you really have to train all of the disciplines and you have to be very disciplined about it um, every week. So I make sure that I run three or four times a week. I make sure I bike three or four times a week and I try to swim at least once or twice a week and you have to fit in some strength training. So there's a lot of very early mornings because that's the best time for me to train because I don't have a lot of time after work. 
Um, and then obviously weekends are when you can do your longer bike rides and your longer runs because you have more time on the weekends. But you do have to be very disciplined about it. And that's where your teammates come into um, play because they keep you honest about your workouts and they'll check in on you if they don't see you. And a lot of times your workouts can get uploaded into software that um, called Strava that a lot of your fellow athletes will check in on you and make sure that you're performing where you're supposed to be performing while you're doing your workouts. You know, you mentioned that the triathlon involves a, a swimming part of it. And obviously we live in Florida and in Florida we have alligators in the rivers and sharks in the ocean. Do you ever think about those things when you're out in the swimming part of the, of the event? I don't because there, there's always a big crowd. And so I think that would scare anything off. We um, do practice out in the ocean, but we, we swim parallel to the shore. So it's not like oh. we're swimming a mile out into the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the ocean and then a mile back. You know, the lake swims, there could be alligators, but I think they're probably more scared of, you know, a, a hundred or so people jumping into the water, thrashing around, and that they're probably going to, and I think a lot of times the race directors will go out, or at least I hope they go out and, you know, kind of clear the area, but I, I try not to think about it because you could, I've seen fish while I've been swimming. <laughs> but no alligators or sharks, so that's good. Yes. Do you have to have different types of coaches for the different types of races, or is it just one coach that kind of train, trains you in all the disciplines? Yes. I um, For the first year, because I've only been doing this two years, for the first year I did not have a coach, and I was just doing kind of my own thing, and I, I thought I knew what I was doing, and my training was kind of all over the place, and it was more centered on the swimming and the biking because those are my two strongest disciplines. I really don't like to run. And so the running always hurt me um, as far as my time for um, the triathlon. So this year when I wanted to do my half Ironman, I did hire a coach and um, she made all of the difference. And she really dialed in my training and helped me to focus and, and work on making sure that I didn't use up all of my energy in the swimming and the bike and then didn't have anything left over for the run and really worked with me on my nutrition because that's a very big thing. If you're going to be doing something for eight hours, you need to have enough fuel and to get you through that, but you don't want to eat a huge meal. So one of the things that my coach really helped me with was how to fuel my races and my trainings, because if you're going to be out there biking or doing a triathlon that lasts eight hours, you need to have enough fuel to last you that long. And you can't eat a big meal beforehand or during the race or during your training. So a lot of times your fuel comes in the form of liquid nutrition. So you have to find the right nu liquid nutrition that has a good combination of carbohydrates and protein. I mean, it's this huge scientific, I've learned a lot, let's say over the past couple of years. I bet when you're getting ready for a triathlon, what are you most afraid of? Because I would imagine, I'm trying to think about the mental aspect of this. So you've got the biking, you've got the swimming, and then you've got the running. And that's quite an endurance just to get through one part of, of the race. Does, is there anything that you that you're like afraid of as you're making the preparations for that? I think the thing I'm the most afraid of is 
things I can't control. You know me pretty well. You know, I like to, I don't like surprises and I like to be in control all the time. And so I'm always afraid of something I can't control, like getting a flat tire. That's my biggest fear because you have to change your own tire and that can Hmm. take a lot of time and you have to have all of that stuff on your bike with you too. And so I was really afraid of that happening during that half Ironman because I saw a lot of people who were pulled off to the side of the road having to change their tire and and you can lose a lot of time and you lose a lot of energy. It's not easy to change a tire, you you know, on your bike and everything. So I think that's probably my biggest fear is like a mechanical failure, something I can't control because, you know, I feel like I've trained the best that I can and, you know, I'm going to get through it no matter what. Um, Just it'd be something mechanical that would go wrong. What was your best and worst day in a race? I bet your worst is probably when you crashed, but that wasn't a race even, I don't think, was it? No, it wasn't. I was just going out for a fun ride with my friends, and I just wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. But I think my first triathlon that I did was one of my favorites. It was at my daughter's college, and she got to come down, and she was cheering for me. And it wasn't a very big triathlon, so everybody's like, everybody was so excited that my daughter was there cheering for me. And I ended up placing second, and that was you know, pretty shocking as well. So that one was a lot of fun. And then um, doing my half Ironman was, was also one of my biggest events because during the bike, I was um, using some salt to help replenish the salt that I was losing through sweat. And I, and it spilled in my bag and I didn't realize that it had covered one of my gel cubes. And when I ate it, I ate a huge amount of salt (laughs) and it, messed me up really bad and I couldn't hardly even run. So I literally power walked the entire half marathon after, you know, doing the 1.2 mile swim and the 56 mile bike. It was, I was like, I'm going to finish this no matter what, this is what I've set out to do. Plus I bought all the stuff at all the, the clothes and the gear at the check-in, you know, that all says Ironman and that I'd finished. But, um, that was, really having to reach deep because my stomach was cramping and I felt really nauseous and it was really hot and there was no shade and to have to do 13.1 miles, it it took a lot of mental determination to get through that. So I think I was really, really proud of myself after I finished that. You know, passion um, in the things that we do and the things that we're involved in, obviously, I think evoke some kind of there are all kinds of different feelings in us. What would you say that are the the three top feelings that the, both the triathlons and the cycling kind of uh, bring to forward for you? Definitely a sense of accomplishment that I can challenge myself and complete something. It's going to sound funny, but I, I, I do feel a sense of love because, you know, to, to know the people that I meet out there and my teammates – you know, there's just so much love out there. And I don't know what I would do without them in my life right now. So, you know, I think there's a a big sense of love. I'm just proud of myself. I just, you know, four years ago, I, I would have never dreamed that I would be sitting here talking about doing these types of races and running 13 miles at one time or biking 100 miles or 50 miles just for fun. Well, there's no question that you deserve that to be proud of yourself. I mean, the, the work that you have to put in to do these types of races, I don't think anybody can really understand it until 
you actually do it. And for the majority of the population, it's something that we will never do. With the COVID situation, how are you uh, training to, to keep fit so that you can be back on the road when, when all of this mess is over with that we're dealing with? Yes. Well, obviously, I can't swim because there's no pools are, are open in the ocean. We can't have access to that. I have my old road bike on a what's called a smart trainer. And so I'm able to use an app that's called Zwift. And so I'm able to bike virtually with people all over the country and all over the world. And I can do um, rides in New York City, in London, Yorkshire, Innsbruck, and then this um, made up world called Watopia. And so you can do very hard rides, easy rides, hilly, mountainous, flat. Um, So I've been doing a lot of that. I just biked 25 miles in New York City yesterday. So that was kind of neat. And um, I also just run by myself. I've just been running in my neighborhood um, so that I can be away from people because of, you know, my husband's, you know, in the high risk category. So I'm not running with anybody at all. So it's been a lonely, kind of lonely, but it's nice to have that virtual bike because I can meet up with people and we can text each other and chat while we're riding. And so it's another sense of community. Yeah, the technology that we have certainly uh, it's getting us through the COVID situation much better than it ever would have back in uh, the days before we have had what we have now, I would say. Exactly. And and the fact that we can get together virtually with our friends. I've gotten together with my friends just to have say hi and have a couple of drinks. There's one group I get together and we call it Weights and Wine and we do a workout and then have a glass of wine. So you know, it's a really great, great way to stay in touch, but keep motivating each other and supporting each other and making sure that each other is doing well and checking in on each other. Well, I, I think what you do is absolutely incredible and amazing. And um, I don't know what percentage of the population uh, actually does cycling and triathlons, but I would venture to say that it's probably uh, pretty small. So we look up to you as our our heroes for those people who just have that drive and will to go out and do the things that are required to uh, to run those races. Well, I can't tell you how uh, appreciative I am for you joining um, the podcast this week. I, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, for me, it's it's amazing to get to talk to people who just have such a passion for the things that they do. And I think for a lot of people, it's, that's just a special gift that. You're either born with something happens or you learn along the way that just drives you to be the best that you can be at whatever you're trying to do. And you serve as a shining example of that, certainly um, in, in your world. That's for sure. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, thanks, Kathy. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, this has been another episode of Mornings with Ron. I hope that something we've said in this episode resonates with you or something that you can pick out of what we've talked about that you can use in your own life to enhance it and make it better. We'll be back next week with another episode and another individual that has uh, an amazing passion for what they do. Until then, be safe and well, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week.